Hey, Pastor Trevor here from Good News, uh, sitting down with Austin Taylor, our worship leader, and Pastor David from uh, Rockbridge Church. What's up, peoples? Hello. Y'all did that backwards, too. Can you go? Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm Austin. Woohoo! And I'm Pastor David from Rockbridge. That was so mellow, David, after being like, what's up? Anyways, uh, so... We're, we're here, like we said in the intro, we want to kind of walk through some of our favorite hymns and uh, the theology and the, honestly, the sense of peace and comfort they bring us in the midst of kind of chaos and just the midst of life and talk through some of that um, for different reasons. Uh, each of these songs are some of our favorites, so. Yeah, I was wondering, you know, I sang, we sang It Is Well With My Soul and Be Thou My Vision at My Wedding. Do you have a, a favorite hymn, Trevor? A favorite hymn is probably the one we're doing today, Amazing Grace. Um, it's it's just, I think it's probably the most popular song, most popular hymn we have in our hymn book. Um, it's definitely the New York Yankees of hymns. For sure. The New York Yankees. Let me unpack that. <laughs> um, actually, I'm not going to. Uh, so, yeah, it's just. I think it's a song that brings comfort, and even if those who are uh, don't ne- necessarily call themselves explicitly Christian, uh, the song, the words just sing true. You know, I I think the place that I've heard this song the most is at funerals, and I hear Austin has a really interesting story about singing "Amazing Grace" at a funeral. Well, uh, kind of. You could say it's interesting. It was. Uh, the worst funeral I've ever performed at. Why uh, is that? Because, well, it was because of me. The worst funeral, well, really it was because of Trevor. Too soon, bro. Too, Too soon. soon. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Amazing Grace was one of the three songs I performed at a funeral that, um, it just did not go the way we had planned. And let me preface the story by saying that I am a professional musician, when I do things, I intend on doing them to uh, a degree of excellence. I have standards, and uh, especially at something as important as funerals or like weddings, things like that, those deserve a certain amount of reverence and, uh, and excellence. And I, I, I walk into every single one of those just honored to be doing that. Um, that said, things fell apart at this one. Let, can I give some context before you just blame me? Things like, fell apart yeah. quickly. So let's be real. Austin and I committed to doing a funeral and we were, well, I committed to doing a funeral. Um, this is, I think I committed maybe on a Wednesday to do a funeral on a Saturday. Uh, so that it was a quick turnaround and I believe it was maybe Saturday morning that the family was like, oh, our musician or the person we had in place is not going to be here. Can the church have someone? And when someone asks that a good news, it's me. <laughs> Should the answer I, always I, just be no? If it's the I, I, no, well, the most pastoral, I kind of channeled my pastoral <laughs> self and said, Oh, you're grieving. Of course we can do. We will make this happen. Yeah, and, and I'm honored to do it. I mean, I, I got the call, and I said, I will be there. I'll throw on my suit, look dapper as can be. Skinny pants on the suit, though, of course. It's not skinny pants. It's chinos that are fitted. There's a difference. Okay, never mind. Okay, that's that's a different topic. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, there's not so, you can you can wear fitted pants without it being skinny pants, you know? So, okay, that's a whole other... I need to, I need to focus. I'm on style right now, but... Uh, yeah, so we, I showed up, and uh, 
the family members had uh, decided on a set of hymns that they wanted to do. Uh, and it was, I was told the names of the hymns and I was told I didn't need to bring my guitar, that there was going to be, I was just going to be leading the congregation. Someone that could sing was basically what I was told to help lead these things. And so I came ready to sing. And uh, I showed up and I said, what are, how, when can I work with the accompanist and uh, make sure I've got the right key and make sure we're running through this okay? And I was told immediately, oh, there's, there's no accompanist. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, first, first flag there. Um, and I thought, we can make this work. Okay, what's the plan? We have backing tracks. Okay, well then, it would be really helpful if I could listen to the backing tracks. Well, we don't have those yet. And that's when I said to myself, it is for, well, I didn't say it to myself, I said it to them in an angrier tone than I probably should have. It's 45 minutes before this funeral starts. We need the backing tracks if we're going to do this. And they said, we're working on it right now. So they asked you to sing these three songs, unrehearsed, to backing tracks that you'd never heard before. Yes. And when they finally got the backing tracks, the pre-service music had conveniently started at that point, And I was unable to listen to the backing tracks then. And so I said... What key are the backing tracks in? And I was told, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, what verses? You make me these? sound like a redneck in that. <laughs> uh, Mr. West Texas is all I'm saying. Um, and so I asked then, what what verses of these songs are we doing? How long are these things? And they said, we don't know. <laughs> so I just to clarify, I I said to them, you want me to stand up there? in front of a grieving family at someone's funeral and sing three songs uh, of which I've never heard anything related to this track before. So you want me to get up there, music will start playing, and I'll start singing and just improvise and figure out what's going on on the fly. We thought this was kind of a testament to the musicality and the brilliance that Austin Taylor brings to our worship here at Good News. Let me, let me, as a musician, give advice to anyone ever booking musicians. Don't do this to a musician. <laughs> ever. Don't do this to a musician. Um, uh, I, I was very, I felt very unprepared for this uh, in, in, a, in a moment where I really felt like I, it deserved preparation. So, I'll get up there and... Let me clarify. Okay. Why does he keep clarifying? Yeah, he's got a lot to clarify. I agree, too, that this was not how it should have been done. And right. We messed up, and I've apologized a thousand times yes, to you. Yes, yes, we're past it. And and also, uh, I mean, I hold no grudges. And also, we've talked about uh, what are ways that we... This was a learning experience for us both, I think, and how can we prepare ourselves to be more ready on the fly in these circumstances to... If, if something like this comes up last minute where a last minute request is made, how can we do it with excellence if possible? So we've grown from this and everything and really taken it to heart. But the, the, what triggered all of that was the actual event and the hilarity of what ensued. So I, I stand up there. The first song comes up. I know it's the Old Rugged Cross. It's a classic. I play it on Easter every year. Um... And I get up there, and the music begins playing, and I think to myself, this is a very folky, country kind of vibe to it. All right, I can get along with this track. This is, I think this is the key. Cool. I know the starting note, On a Hill Far Away, and I breathe in to sing On a Hill Far Away, and Alan Jackson begins to <laughs> sing boldly through the stereo system. 
They grabbed literally just the track, the, the track, The Old Rugged Cross by Alan Jackson. Just the song. And so I, I was shocked. And the people that were just as shocked as me were the entire congregation. Everyone gathered for the funeral. Because no one was expecting someone else to start singing through this. They see this scrawny, pasty little boy in, in a suit. Apparently, that skinny jeans, skinny, yeah, skinny, yeah, skinny, skinny jeans, pants, skinny pants, uh, get up there, and all of a sudden, Alan Jackson's voice comes through, followed by the squeaky tenor tone of my own beautiful, beautiful ser- ser- serenading voice. Um, and so, of course, everyone's thrown off, no one's singing, uh, and I'm competing the entire song with Alan Jackson. Who won that competition? You know, it's hard to say that I won. <laughs> I don't think I did. It's pretty easy, in fact. I think the, the clear winner was the guy who's Alan, the legendary country singer. Uh, but I, quote-unquote, led people in uh, the song. And so I sit down, and I'm highly embarrassed. Everyone's kind of thrown off by this whole thing. Uh, and there's a prayer and, and some more words, and then I'm asked to stand up again and, and lead everyone in It Is Well. Another classic. Great song. Sing it at my wedding. It's Classic. great. Yeah, great absolutely. Song. Absolutely. Um, and it begins not with a country tune. So I'm feeling good already. Uh, it's it's a lovely strings and piano. I think it had some harp in it, too. I'm just going to. I'm pretty sure it did, actually. It was very lovely. Uh, and I am finding the notes, but it's hard to tell. There's this long introduction, and I start singing, When peace like a river... And I realized after I end that phrase that, no, this is still the introduction. The song has not really begun yet. And so I sing that line and then I go, that's what we're going to sing. As if I was guiding people through example what the first line was. Uh, And no one was fooled by my ruse. Uh, And so everyone's looking at me like I'm an idiot once again. And so we begin to sing the, the, the actual tune. And it's going pretty well. Uh, It's a lovely arrangement. And we get to the chorus, and I sing, It is well. (laughs) And out of nowhere, what was originally a lovely little harp string piano ensemble turns into the Mormon (laughs) Tabernacle Choir coming in, going, It is well, with 80 voices. Just blasting through the PA. Well, you're the only one on the stage. I'm the only one on stage. And all of a sudden, this huge, straight out of Utah, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, I do a physical jolt. I've never straightened my spine faster. I could have fixed my scoliosis with it, I swear. Um, And everyone does the exact same thing, because no one's expecting that. Once again, a curveball thrown by the AV team and Trevor. And uh, how do we adapt to it? Well, we just flop. It, it just derails. I'm singing along, but no one's listening anymore. They're all wondering, what is going on with this choir? And why does it look like this guy has no idea what's happening with any of this stuff? And the answer is, I don't know what's happening with any of this stuff. I think this I'm is just... called setting someone up for failure. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I thought you did marvelously. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get to that part of the story, too. So I, uh, I, I sit down, and, and we have one more song left before I can retreat and, and run away to, into a small hole where I will stay for days. Um, we have Amazing Grace. 
This one's hard to mess up. This is a classic. People love singing this one. My favorite song. Right. And it starts amazing. We are going great. We're working our way through the song. People are singing. It's lively. There's an emotion in the air. There's a, the spirit is present. And there's this big, this instrumental track has this huge climactic brass. Do it do 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 into the last verse. And then it just stops. <laughs> Just so that the entire song just ends. You even hear me in front of the microphone inhale just <gasps> for the final big verse. And then everyone does it with me and we are let down. And so I just pause. Everyone's looking at me. I'm thinking, is it going to come back in? No. And so I shout, we'll do it a cappella. <laughs> And just all of a sudden start launching into, when Lord is the day. And thankfully, a couple people kind of jumped in. So it wasn't terrible. Um, but it definitely was jarring and disappointing for a lot of people. Uh, I think memorable is the right word. Memor yes. Well, that's definitely one word to describe this whole event. So I slink off because I'm finally done. And I run back to the sound booth. And I walk up the stairs. And there are... Uh, Trevor and our lovely AV person, Lucas, sitting there, and neither one will look at me. Uh, Lucas, of ever-stoic person, is looking at the floor. Trevor finally manages to match my gaze and says, you, uh, you did good. <laughs> and as soon as he says that, Lucas, ever the serious stoic person, bursts into laughter <laughs> mid-funeral in the back, just raucous... Cannot hold it in any longer as the eulogy is being given up front. Uh, and I have forgiven them. But, uh, yeah, Amazing Grace was... Those three songs I don't think I will ever be able to do again without remembering that funeral. Yeah, I think I'd be scarred for life, you know? <laughs> so, basically, what our listeners have found is not to... That kind of... I'm a jerk. Thanks, Austin. Um, I that's what I took from it, Trevor. That's what no, I... No, the problem is you were... It's really not a problem. The problem is you overcommitted on my behalf. I did, and I apologize. But you did it out of a desire to make someone, this event, very special for the people involved. That's right. And so it came from a great place. It was special. <laughs> it was, they'll never, never forget been that. a funeral like that <laughs> no. before or since. And hopefully never will. Again. <laughs> We may not all have a story like this, uh, but I do think we all have um, somewhere that Amazing Grace kind of just um, just kind of is a song in our soul. It kind of uh, reverberates in our bones. It's it's one of those that just I don't know. It's a heart warmer. It has a way of both uh, allowing us to cling to something special from a musical standpoint. Um, the way the melody works, the way the lyrics are written, it draws us in. But also, I think one of the powerful things in it is it's done so much to draw people together in music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so oftentimes, my memories of, of these kinds of hymns aren't in isolation, but they have to do with people and places and situations that I dearly, fondly remember. Yeah. And anytime you're in a congregation, even, you know, we have generally contemporary settings for our music, right? But I find you play Amazing Grace, and people will sing this loudly and with passion, no matter what the setting. Well, I think part of kind of the the heartfelt of the song is the history or kind of the um, 
the heart that it, it, it came out of, kind of the story that it was developed out of, the place that um, John Newton, where he was, and kind of really this is a story of his life, right, David? Yeah, so we did a little research coming in, and if you've ever seen the movie Amazing Grace, it touches on this a little bit, but John Newton was a slave trader, and Trevor and I were talking about before, like, just had a dirty potty mouth, you know, like, just said awful things all yeah, the time. Yeah, on, on one of his ships, basically, they said every three out of every four words was basically a curse word, which... That's actually impressive. I, I don't think I could do that on purpose. I'm not going to let you... <laughs> Not on our Challenge. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Uh, yeah. And so was his friend got thrown overboard or there was a storm and, and fell overboard. Yeah. So there was a storm that came through um, as they were kind of, uh, I guess, carting slaves. Um, and a storm came and blew his friend overboard, his best friend. Uh, John Newton was kind of a lonely guy. He was kind of a jerk. And so this was his his one comrade, right. basically, mm-hmm. in life. Um, and his friend is blown overboard and kind of as the ships toss to and fro. And, uh, in that moment, the story says that John Newton cried out to God mm-hmm. and sa- said, God, save me. Right. And actually God miraculously did. And, you know, as the ship was being tossed to and fro, some of the cargo actually went into the hole that was in the ship that could have sunk it and miraculously saved them. So like the cargo plugged, plugged the hole. Yeah. Like a, Yeah. Like a cork would plug a bottle or something right, like that. I lost a metaphor, Trevor. I could not think of one. <laughs> so I thank you. you. I got you. Um, that, that wasn't even a redneck. Austin gives me a hard time for coming up with redneck metaphors. So that was that was good. Plugging a hole in your boat kind of sounds redneck. But, you know, we'll, we'll go with a cork. That's okay. good. Anyways, okay. yeah. So, so miraculously <laughs> plugs the hole with the cargo and saves his life and the entire crew. And, and when you think about the power and the impact that this song has had on people's lives, you can see God's hands miraculously. Sometimes it, when we're going through these difficult times, even as the line says, like, through uh, many dangers, toils, and snares, I've already come. And I think that, it, that, that God was already working, seeing the ways that this song would affect and touch people, right? Yeah. Just like it did uh, how, how God's grace touched John Newton's life. For sure. Um, I love the, the lyrics of the song are just powerful, I think. And I think, uh, one of the stories said that the next morning after this storm that the, uh, after the ship kind of was upright and waters were calmed, which seems a biblical image, right? Absolutely. Uh, that John Newton actually begins to really spend time in scripture and, uh, really kind of consume scripture and uh, kind of in, intertwine scripture and his story in the song. Um, Which you can see that uh, in, in these lines, uh, you know, I once was lost, but now I'm found. These are the lines uh, the, you know, that that's a very direct quote from scripture from the prodigal son, which is one of those scriptures that is so powerful to me because I think about no matter how far we stray, you know, the story is that the, the son asks the father for his inheritance, which is kind of like saying, I'd really have you dead. And what you, you're more of a benefit to me dead so I can have your inheritance. Right. And we've all been in those places where we are so much a wretch and we've done things that have, we've walked away from God, just like the, we, the son walks away in, from the story. And the son is in such a low place, uh, you know, eating the scraps with pigs. And we've been there too. 
And, and so I think that the song touches us that when he comes back and the father sees him and he goes and runs to him, that is the same thing that we feel when we are lost but are found by God. Yeah, and then you were telling me that uh, there's another place in Scripture that uh, was blind, but now I see, right? Yeah, that's a direct quote uh, in John chapter 9 when Jesus heals the blind man. And the Pharisees come and ask him, and he says, I don't know if Jesus is a sinner or who he is, but I was blind, and now I see. Just an incredibly powerful moment in Scripture, one of those signs that point to who Jesus is. Hmm. It's it's incredible how... uh, Newton is able to kind of take our our story. Mm-hmm. We all have kind of been the prodigal son, or Ephesians two says that uh, we're all uh, dead uh, people who are dead because of kind of our human ways, and uh, that God is making us new. And um, I think I think that's all of our stories in some way or another is that um, we've been disobedient to God. Um, but we're saved by God's grace. Absolutely. And I think that's a word that we need to hear today as we, I mean, it's a difficult time. Trevor, I've never experienced anything like this, the social distancing, the isolation. I know there's people who are really struggling right now. Uh, All of us are struggling. We are having to say goodbye to our exchange student who has become like another kid to us and we're just broken. And, and that's, that's only like a small thing to what some people, I think about our, our uh, healthcare workers are going through right now, and they're literally on the front lines, putting their life on the line so that we can make it through this. And so people need to hear about this a grace that is so amazing and how God is with us in the most difficult times. Well, and for me too, it's a, it's a sign of kind of we're not who we once were and That's that right. God intervened, mm-hmm. um, that God did something miraculous in our own lives, I've seen it. Um, corporately, I think we've seen God. There's been places in um, life, as a community of faith, as uh, a nation, as whatever, that God has intervened. Um, and none of that is our own doing either. Right. I think a lot of us, with the social distancing and having to work from home, we're struggling with, who am I? Uh a lot of our identity is tied up into our work and what we do. And grace has this thing of kind of unsettling that and saying it's not about what you've done. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's about what God has done. Yeah. One of the things I've been reflecting on is that, you know, God did not cause the coronavirus, right? But as with all things that God does, God takes the most difficult situations, the most even evil situations, and makes good come from it, you know? Yeah for the good of those who believe. God is not causing this, but think about the good that is going to come from this. Uh, the good of people spending time together, of maybe even transforming how social media and the internet is used as we reach other people. And, you know, do you ask the kindness from social distance? It's going to refocus us. And it, it may be some Sabbath that we need to take uh, yeah. and, and taking a step back from the busyness. And we've already seen with... Uh, a reduction in pollution and the air quality has been better. Now, again, don't hear me. That's not why this has happened, but God is using a difficult situation to make a good come up from it because it is amazing God. And that is what we don't deserve, which is grace. And that's um, my takeaway, I guess, is uh, in Ephesians 2, it, especially in verse 4, it says, but God. Mm. So all of this happens 
but then God did this. That's right. Um, and so uh, as we kind of move forward, um, what does it look like for us to cling to the words of amazing grace and let them kind of rever- reverberate kind of within our soul and expect God to show up? I would love to hear from our people, you know, and, and maybe even have people reach out to us and share like how this is changing their life. I know for me, uh, one thing that I've been thinking about is I've spent a lot of time thinking about myself. How is this going to affect me and my future? And one thing that God just really, as I was preparing for my message this week, brought before me is said, David, you still have a job. David, you have your health. You're not sick. And there's people out there who are losing their jobs. And there's people out there who are hurting. And and just this strong sense of gratitude for what I have and the desire to be there for other people. Yeah. So as you go out this week, uh, I, I invite you to um, remember the words of amazing grace. Uh, chew on them a little bit this week. Uh, chew on Chew on your story of maybe how how you've experienced that grace and be reminded of those moments that if it felt like you were strained, but God showed up. Um, I appreciate y'all joining us and uh, we look forward to talking to y'all on Thursday. We're going to do a podcast, right? That's right. And uh, our very own Kathy Quinn, who is a local license counselor. Is that the right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and she'll be on and sharing about how to deal with some of the emotions that we're feeling, some of the depression and anxiety and worry that we're feeling. And loneliness. Uh, and lonely, and- yeah. And uh, so that's going to be really great. So really encourage you uh, while you're social distancing, you know, use this to kind of pass the time and learn and grow with us as we do this together. Thank you. Mm.